You're listening to Jersey Hardwood, sponsored by LG Insurance. We cover Seton Hall basketball, Rutgers basketball, and any other basketball news in the Garden State. I'm Steve Titchener in our Jersey studio. And on the line, I have John McAlevey. And in a moment, we'll be joined by Dave Popkin, the radio color analyst for Seton Hall basketball. But first, a message from LG Insurance. LG Insurance Agency is where we shop seven insurance carriers and you work with a professional agent to help you get the best pricing and value out of your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is a destination for all your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on Jersey Hardwood and joining us on the line is radio color analyst for Seton Hall, Dave Popkin. And Dave, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Guys, it's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Well, bad news, uh, Sandro Mamu Kalashvili, the second leading scorer for Seton Hall, breaks his wrist. Uh, it could be out as much as two months. I mean, how much of a blow is this, Dave? I think it's a really big blow. Uh, I think that he's the second best player on the team. I think that is a matchup issue for so many teams because he's 6'11 and can handle it and pass it and shoot threes and pull big guys away from the basket and all those things that that Pirate fans know uh, when they watch him and he's kind of coming into his own in his junior year and just you know personally I feel bad for him because he's he's a great kid you know he's a team leader and all the guys love him and the fans love him and he is uh, a huge part of the team so I think it's you know incumbent upon Tyrese Samuel who's only a freshman and, and some other guys that have not played a lot of minutes to um, now step in and, and have their opportunity to shine. You know, Dave, that was the one name that I was going to bring up with you. I was going to say, who's going to fill the void with him being out now? Question number one, I, I think only nine games in is a red shirt, a possibility still number one. And then uh, as far as filling the void, you mentioned Tyrese Samuel. He was the guy that I thought was going to maybe see his minutes go up. Do you see them going in any other directions too? Maybe going a little bit smaller at times and pressing, uh, or uh, or you know trying to roll with the bigs together as well. I think Kevin's trying to figure that out, and that's why he makes the big bucks. It's been hard um, with the big guys because um, Obiagu has not been that effective, and uh, Gill has been, um, but. You know, there are times where he doesn't catch the ball cleanly, and, and there's, you know, it's it's not perfect. He has, and he hasn't played a lot. So you have guys that, you know, Torian Thompson hasn't played that much. Samuel, you know, is only a freshman, hasn't played that much. Obiago hasn't played that much in his career, and he started basketball late. So you have all these guys that, you know, now, now have to play a lot of minutes with or without Sandro uh, in the lineup. And, um, it's a big, you know, learning experience for them and a, and a pretty steep learning curve because you're playing all these difficult games. You know, you're you're not playing uh, NEC and MAC teams right now. You're playing at Iowa State. You're playing at Rutgers. You're playing Maryland. You're playing, um, you know, pretty much the best schedule in the country, if not the best, than in the top five. So um, I'm not sure of the answer. I think they've looked effective when they've gone small. Um, having Jared Roden in the game, uh, Shavar Reynolds in the game, it changes the energy. They're able to get some turnovers. They're able to get in transition a little bit. Um, Shavar has been a good shooter. Jared has not been, but I think he will end up being 
one of their better three-point shooters in time. He's just really hesitant right now. So they're not in a great place. I mean, for a team that's a top 25 team, uh, that I think is a sweet 16 team, they're just going through a, a, a few bumps in the road. And the problem is, you know, your guards, obviously, or you're solid there. It's just, uh, you know, the bigs and getting offense from the bigs. Cause, so you got a guy like Ike uh, Abiagu. That's a big body there, but he really, he's not a good offensive player. He doesn't really score. Yeah, I, I don't think that that he is a, a post-up, you know, traditional center at this point. Um, Gill is to some extent. He has a little bit of an offensive game down there. He's got a little mini hook. Uh, he can score a little bit, but I think finding ways to get them easier shots on lobs, on inbound plays, um, you know, offensive rebounding, things like that, improved free throw shooting. I mean, there's ways to get them up from two, three, four points a game to eight points a game. Um, if it's a priority, you know, if it's a priority for the coach and the guards, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure which way they want to go on that. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of times where, you know, the guards like um, McKnight and Powell and, and, and some of the tail and some of the scores dominate the basketball and the big guys are, are setting screens. So um, I, I'm not sure, you know, what it's going to be. I, I think that it's, it's yet to play out, you know, what the, what the rotations and, and what the exact roles on this team are. The one thing I know is that, they're taller, they're deeper, they're more talented than they've been in many years. So there are some pieces there, but it's just, it's a little uncertain. You know, Dave, you mentioned the schedule and Kevin Willard certainly in the offseason put together a schedule to challenge his team. He really wanted to, to get the most. He thought, you know, with Miles Powell back, he had a chance to, as you say, be a sweet 16 team. They are 6-3 and three right now. Two of those losses are by a combined five points, one of them to number three Michigan State in, in what all people were saying was a, uh, was a March Madness game played in November. And the second one came against number 11 Oregon by two points in a game where the Hall led by 19 points in the second half. So, you know, you're, you're a hair away from being, you know, eight and one right here. Give us sort of a, uh, a state of the pirate ship right now, if you will. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the losses, um, individually, you know, no team can be blamed for losing to the preseason. Number one, no team could be blamed losing to a good Oregon team like that. Uh, or losing at Iowa state, who's like 31, the Ken Palm right now. So these are, these are good teams. It's just that you needed to get one of them, you know, or you need to get two of them if you're really going to um, improve your resume and be a high seed. Now, are there other opportunities? Yes. Like if you beat Maryland, if you win at Butler, if you, you know, definitely take care of business against Rutgers and you do these things, then then they'll continue to be, you know, a top 30, top 20 uh, Kent Pomp team. And um, and stay in the top twenty-five, and and it'll be okay. But it, you know, if it becomes a trend and they start and they start losing all these games, then it changes you know the expectations for the team. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I really I couldn't tell you where it's going to go. Um, you know, I think that uh, Miles Powell has not had his best game yet. Um, he has seemed. Uh, a little out of it, you know, with his shot selection and stuff. I mean, I think that to me, he's the best player I've seen at Seton Hall, you know, the best player since Terry DeHare, maybe even 
you know, as good or better than Terry. So, I mean, I think that he has the ability. Uh, I think that the, uh, all the, like the preseason, uh, accolades and all that stuff are warranted. You know, I think he's super talented. I just think that it hasn't, you know, come together for him fully yet this year. And when it does, it's, it's going to be scary. Well, you talked about this. Yeah, I pity, I pity the team that he puts it all together on because, man, when he gets it going, he really gets it going. I wanted to just ask you real quick about another Miles, and that's Miles Kale. I know that, um, you know, down from last year, he's down in playing time almost nine or ten minutes a game, and his scoring is down. What do you attribute that to? Do you think some of it has to do with, you know, maybe his, uh, Miles Powell's teammates sitting around sort of watching him do his thing and maybe, you know, trying to get him the ball rather than also doing some of the heavy lifting themselves? Yeah, I mean, there's there's maybe a little bit of that, but it's uh, I don't think it's just that. You know, I think that, you know, Miles Kale is uh, a little bit more of a, a passive personality than um, than Miles Powell and some of the other guys. So, you know, he's not he's not demanding the ball. He's not taking as many shots. He's um, he's a pretty high percentage three point shooter when they can when they can they can let him catch and shoot. Um, yeah. So I think that that can be a big part of the offense, and obviously he's had some some good shooting games. Uh, he can score in transition. Um, I think that you know he just hasn't really reached his full potential yet either this year. Um, he's, he's a good glue guy for the team. You know, I mean, he should be a, a ten point five rebound, uh, three assist kind of player. Um, they just need it consistently. Yes, and another name you mentioned earlier is Torian Thompson, and I'm still trying to figure out. I went to a prep school tournament a few years ago in Connecticut where there were a lot of big guys that are playing. Some are playing now in Kansas. Some are playing in Kentucky. Some of the top players, and Torian was by far the best player. He had uh, Alpha Diallo from Providence College was on his team, and he was the talk of his tournament. He was the buzz, and he, he chose Syracuse and had a really good freshman year and decided to transfer to Seton Hall. And he's been anything but the player he was at Syracuse. And he really hasn't been able to get on the floor this year. What's going on with him? Because this guy is really good and could help this team in the position now with Sandro out of the way. I mean, he would be a perfect guy to slide in there. What's going on with him? Yeah. I mean, you just, you sacrifice defense when, when you have him in the game, he's just, um, he's not the defensive player that, that some of the other guys on the team are. And that's why he, he doesn't play a lot of minutes. I think it's, it's that simple. I think that he's one of the most uh, talented offensive players on the team. Um, doesn't always take great shots, but he has you know good three point range. He can shoot free throws. He can drive for a big guy. He drives great uh, to the basket. Um, he definitely has a varied game. He's just kind of a, an enigma uh, of a guy. And um, I think he's going to get a chance here. I do. I think that, you know, you'll see him. And if they're, they're in a funk where they need points, uh, you can go to him. And then, you know, you just have to pick, okay, are we going to play some zone here with him in the game? Or are we going to put him on, you know, a non-score on defense? You just really have to be thoughtful in, in how you use him. And, um, you know, but I think he, could, he can help the team. Yeah. Sounds like he keeps both teams in the game where he scores on one end and- <laughs> And we so, mentioned uh, Ty- Tyree Samuel. I mean, just a freshman. Tell us about his game, Dave, because he could fill up the void considerably here. Yeah, I, I love Samuel. Uh, I think that, um, 
in the end, like when, when he's done, let's say he stays three years, um, because I'm not sure that he stays four years because I think that he's that talented. Um, I think you know, he's a, he's a six ten guy that can run the floor. He can rebound, he can block shots, he can shoot threes. Um, you know, he's mm-hmm. a little loose with the ball right now. He's, he's like gangly, like a freshman, but I mean, he's gained strength since he's been on campus. He looked great in the Italy games. He, uh, has looked good in the time that he's gotten. Uh, but I think that he's going to see more time now and you're going to see, um, you know, with this coaching staff, okay, all of these guys get better. And you can't say that with every coaching staff in college basketball, and you can't say it with all the previous coaching staffs at Seton Hall. But if you look at a player like Angel Delgado, got better every year. Mm-hmm. Desi Rodriguez got better every year. Um, up and down the line, you know, like uh, Michael Enzi got better. Like, they coach these guys up, and I think Samuel's the kind of player – that can benefit from being around Grant Bill Meyer, a big man that can benefit uh, from being around Kevin Willard, who will teach these guys, you know, hands on in practice. Here's what, here's the shot that I want you to take. Here's the motion, the shooting motion. I want you to take like he's, he works with these guys. And I think the staff is a good one and that Samuel will grow and, and be eventually one of the better players in the league. Well, let's talk about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. I agree with you. And all of that uh, leads us to the, the granddaddy of them all, at least here in uh, in New Jersey, the Garden State Hardwood Classic. That's what I was going to bring up. Saturday down at the Rack, and uh, I know you've been on the call for many of the many of these down at the Rack. Tell us, Dave, what the atmosphere is like for you when you're in there when this game gets really going. It's one of the better home court advantages in college basketball. It gets super loud and. Um, you know, the, the student section is obviously right on top of the court and is, uh, is very much in the players' faces. Um, I hope that, um, that Rutgers really concentrates on, on security this year because I was a little concerned, uh, when Seton Hall had to walk past the student section toward their locker room last year, uh, or the last time they were there two years ago. Um, it it, the, the game is played at such a fever pitch, and there, there's a lot mm-hmm. of close games that you know there's a potential for things. So I'm I was a little worried about that, uh, but I, I think it's a great home court advantage, and that you know Rutgers is an improved team. Uh, you can it's like the old adage: you can throw the records out when these two get together because it's true. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's a game that Seton Hall can't lose at mm-hmm. this point. I mean, you just you they need it. They need the game. They need the confidence. Um, they want to, you know, maintain their status as the top team in the state. You know, they've gone to the tournament four straight years, and they they want to uh, keep it a blue state, quote unquote. So uh, I think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, I think Seton Hall has the better team, and they just need to execute. Yeah, well, Rutgers is uh, still trying to find themselves. I mean, Pykels has it, you know, big rotations, playing ten players each night. Uh, they did uh, play hard against uh, Michigan State and East Lansing. Uh, you know, another moral victory, getting tired of those. But, again, uh, they they still aren't quite where – they're still trying to find their identity. But with Sandro going down, I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be a tougher game, obviously, for, for Seton Hall. Sure, because I don't know that Rutgers had a guy, you know, that can guard Sandro, and he, he might have had a big game. But, you know, you can – there's all different ways to win a game. Um, it's uh, – 
I think Rutgers has a few scary guys that can go off and score 20 or 30 points, you know, like Baker and like Harper and uh, Miles Johnson might be their best player. He's not a great shooter, but he can score inside and, and, uh, and rebound and, and do, you know, play defense and all that stuff. So um, there are some dangerous players on that team. Um, I don't know. I mean, Seton Hall could use their size. You know, I don't think Rutgers, you know, has mm-hmm. somebody that can guard Romaro Gill. Um, right. <laughs> you know, and right. Seton Hall utilizes Gill a lot mm-hmm. in this game. Um, it remains to be seen, but I, I think that, um, you know, Miles Powell with a week of rest, um, knowing that, you know, he has to have a big game is, is going to come up big. And this is his last Garden State Hardwood Classic. He's want to go, going to want to go out with a bang. I'm sure if you were to uh, to ask uh, Kevin Willard with the camera off, is this uh, the one game on your schedule you really are not looking forward to? He would say, heck yes, this is the one game that, because as you mentioned, Seton Hall can't lose this game. They're the better team. Right now they're the more established program. They've been to the NCAA tournament. And uh, they mean they just can't lose this game. And so... Um, I'm sure that's the mentality going in. And uh, again, I would, I don't know the, whether he would come right out and tell you if you asked him, but I'm sure that's what he's feeling. Yeah. He knows that he has to play the game. I don't know that he likes to play the game. It's uh it's a little harrowing, um, but it's, uh, it's what makes college basketball. Great. You know what I mean? Like the fans want it. The media wants it. The players want it. You, you play the game, you know, and they're in a long-term contract to play the game. And I think that that's smart. Um, you know, I wish that, um, you know, some of these teams, you know, would play Princeton more, would play Monmouth more, but you know, Seton Hall's is, is kind of in, they're, they're moving into a different echelon where they want to play Michigan state and they want to play Maryland and they want to play, um, you know, the, the highest ranked teams that they can, especially this year, um, since they have a lot of talent. So, um, that's that's just kind of the the state of of where it is, but I think it's an important game for for both and for basketball in in the Garden State. No doubt. And then moving on from there, they'll have Maryland coming up, and then before you know it, the the Bear, that is the Big East Conference, will begin its play. And it this is really going to be one of the more wide open seasons. I know you probably haven't had a chance to really dig into uh, the conference. Um, but there are a heck of a lot of teams. It's not just going to be Villanova against the field. I mean, Seton Hall, again, was picked to be the preseason favorite, but as you mentioned, Butler before, Xavier's really good, and uh, Marquette is doing well, and DePaul out of nowhere is really having a great season. So it should be uh, a ton of fun for you on the sidelines. I know you're probably looking forward to it. It's great. I mean, those games give me a stomachache because they were all so close last year and, and yeah. you know, all good home court advantages in the league. Uh, I think the league right now is a microcosm of college basketball in that there's no great team, but there are a lot of good teams. Uh, I mean, the big East this year could get a, a handful, you know, or more teams in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Marquette has played very well at times, Butler, you know, just beat Florida. They lost last night to Baylor, but, I think they look very good. Um, Villanova is always going to be there. Um, St. John's is improved. Um, DePaul is much improved. I mean, DePaul, you know, is going to be in the top half of the league. I, I don't think yeah. that unless unless they they just can't hold a lead uh, or you know like they did last year, um, they're going to have a lot of leads. They they have good players now, and they're good. Uh, yeah, 
you know, I, I think that um, I think they're a pick tenth, and I would be surprised if they're not at least fifth in in the league mm-hmm. this year. They're just they're that much better. Um, but there's there's no easy, you know, you go on the road anywhere in this league, you're, you're going to play at Creighton. That, that's you know, I don't know that many teams will be favored at Creighton this year, even though Creighton will be possibly in the bottom half of the league. So uh, at Xavier, you know, it's, it's a very difficult game to win. Uh, Providence is down. Everybody else seems like they're they're up. One more for me, David. I, uh, you know, we all know how special player Miles Powell is. I mean, he, frankly, he makes a good team a great team. Uh, but you know, he wasn't great in, at, at um, Iowa State, and as, after the injury to Sandro, is there do you, is there a concern that he's going to put too much pressure on himself or have too much fall on him with with, uh, with Sandro out? I think it's a concern. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, how he handles it. I, I think the team plays best, any team plays best, but particularly this team plays best when the ball moves faster, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they pass it faster and they can really roll through some offense and, and get some better looks instead of just giving him the ball and getting out of the way. Now he can make shots like that. He can make very difficult shots. Um, I, I just don't know uh, that that's sustainable. You know, if he's if he's taking low percentage shots, um, I love him. I love him as a player. I love him as a kid. I think he's going to figure it out. I think it's a new position for him. You know, being the the hunted instead of the hunter. You know, he's he's in the top five in many of the national player of the year conversations, and and people are game planning around him more than ever. So um, he's trying to figure that out. And uh, I don't know that the uh, that the Bahamas thing was a fair barometer for him because. He gave so much that first game, um, played so many minutes, and, and just played so hard uh, right. against Oregon. And then, and then the, it was a downer, you know, losing that game. So that he kind of tough loss. And then you have to come back, you know, right. less than 24 hours later, and then you come back again less than 24 hours mm-hmm. later. And I just think it took a toll. Sure. Yeah, you know, it took a toll physically mm-hmm. on him. But now, you know, with a little bit more rest, the finals, and all that stuff, I think that um, that it'll give him more of a chance to shine. Well, Dave, it's a thrill to have you on. Thanks for uh, joining us for a few minutes uh, uh, today, and uh, we hope to get you back later in the season. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate it. It's good talking with you guys, and I appreciate you covering Seton Hall. Fantastic. Thanks, Dave. Be well, my friend. All right. right, Thanks, Dave. Right up. Bye-bye. And that's Dave Popkin in his 17th year as color commentator for the Seton Hall Basketball Radio Network, AM 970. You're listening to Jersey Hardwood. We'll return and talk Rutgers basketball after this. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on Jersey Hardwood. I'm Steve Titchener, and we got John McAlevey on the line. And let's switch to Rutgers now, John. And a nice win against Wisconsin. They needed the win, and they got the win. A little shaky in the first half. They actually had a a bad last minute. They were down one going into the half. I think uh, Coach Peichel got after them, and they came out, had a great second half. And listen, this is a game they needed, and uh, they were a better team than Wisconsin, frankly. And uh, and when you're at home, you have to win that game. Absolutely. I don't think it's a vintage Wisconsin team, but as you said, when you're home, 
and you need the game, you get the game, and they did. It's good that after the break, after things sort of went sideways right towards the end of the first half there, that coach got them refocused in the locker room and, and ready for the second half. And they took off and, and they just need, they did what they needed to do. And now they can focus on uh, Armageddon this Saturday with the pirates coming to town. You know, if, if only Rutgers could play Wisconsin at home, every home game in the big, uh, the big 10, yeah. they, they've beaten them uh, ever since they've joined the conference and uh, they've beaten some good teams. I think Wisconsin was like number one or two when they beat them a couple of years ago. I know Frank Kaminsky didn't play, but um, they were uh, they were a formidable team there, and they seem to have Wisconsin's number at least early on in the conference. Yeah, and speaking of Wisconsin, it's a good example of what one player can do. Because remember Ethan Happ? I mean, he was, and I'm surprised. I thought Ethan Happ would be an NBA player. He's actually playing in Italy. He's playing in Europe, which surprises me. I thought he would yeah. have been drafted, and he wasn't. But he was unguardable. He tore up Rutgers every time he played him. Actually, the one time that Rutgers beat him, I think he was hurt. And I remember they had that that uh, that dog fight at the Garden, and uh, uh, Wisconsin ended up pulling that out. But uh, he was a very good player. He's gone, and you know they've got they've got one nice player, Kobe King. Is actually had a good game, and uh, he was a, he was a tough guard. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's not a very good Wisconsin team. Uh, they came in, I believe, five and four. So Rutgers had to win this game. They have to start getting some big win victories. And so it was really important. And uh, Geo Baker was huge. You know, 22 points, uh, very active, aggressive. He was driving. He was hitting threes. And, uh, you know, they need that effort from Geo. I mean, we've said this before and we said it last season. It seems like Rutgers goes the way Geo goes. So they just need to get a, a um you know, he's the captain of the team. He's a clear leader out there. And I, by the way, I had my, my partner's seats again, right behind the Rutgers bench. They're great. And uh, really, hey, let me tell you something. I was watching you the whole game. You were, you were animated. <laughs> listen, I, I, you, you got to be careful over there. You don't want to. Oh uh, no, listen, you, you know, you got to, you know, and, and of course, uh, you, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any Rutgers red on because it's always, uh, you know, it's a, kind of a last minute thing when the tickets become available. Sure. So I had this flannel shirt on that looked like a tablecloth properly, but it, it's just the way it goes. So, because you're on TV, man. I mean, you're right behind the bench. But I know that building is known for the acoustics, and it's louder than anything in there. But can you hear the coach barking out instructions? From the oh yeah, line? yeah, absolutely. Because it, he's uh, the seats are actually two rows behind the bench. And you can practically reach out and touch these guys. So when they're when they're yeah. huddling up, you, you can't really hear what he's saying, what, what Coach Pike saying, but you can see the animation. You, if he's pissed off, you can see it. And uh, you know sometimes he you know throws down the uh, the clipboard and and, and such in, in a timeout. So you it, uh, and so you you kind of see how things are going. You see the other uh, the other assistant coaches like Brandon Knight and and, and such uh, talking to the team. You know going down the, so, the so bench. I'm not, what you're saying is I'm not alone in throwing down my clipboard. Oh no 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 no. Oh no. Sideways. Sometimes you'll see Pike get hot for sure. So it's Let cool. Let me tell you, truth be told, I got a technical foul in my first game. Yeah, you were telling me. But you guys hung in there, though. I got to uh, see. There was a tip ball that went out of bounds. The one ref saw it one way. The other saw it the other way. And the guy who went against my team wound up uh, staying with his call. And, uh, you know, let's just say I wasn't too happy. All I did was yell terrible a couple too many times. <laughs> I didn't use any four-letter words, and he banged me for that. Luckily, you got teed you know, up. I made one or two free throws. But, well, uh, it wasn't yeah, so the difference. Cool. You really get to see the inner 
inner workings of how it goes. How about do you ever um, keep your eyes open for recruits that might be sitting behind the bench? Because I know Paul Mulcahy used to sit there all the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him last year. And uh, yeah, down the way there, there's a few recruits. I'm, I'm not really keeping up on it. I'm not sure who's actually attending the games and such. But they, uh, you know, they wear they're they're down at the end of the bench, and and uh, they usually wear something, uh, you know, like a Rutgers uh, warm up suit or something like that. So and they're usually uh, very tall. That's sort of a giveaway, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so um, yeah, so I but they're they're right there. They're actually in the in, in the in the row right behind uh, the bench, and we're uh, we're two rows up. But on the aisle, man, they're they're great seats, and it just it, it's just a different way to watch a game, and. and, and as opposed to when you're up uh, way up, because, you know, normally I'll go, I'll be I'll be up in the it's center court, but way the heck up there. It's good crowd last night, too. I mean, close to I'd say about six thousand. It wasn't a sellout, but uh, but a nice crowd. I mean, you know, the, the, the students showed up, too. So I think it's nice. it's nice that the kids are supporting them. Yeah, I think and I think once you get into with, January, this break coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, it's going to be a sellout on Saturday. Oh yeah, it's sold out. So it'll be nice that the students hopefully will will still be out in force. I know with um, a lot of uh, Jersey residents going to the school, it's not as if they're going to be, you know, when they go home, it's not like they're going too far away, so they can still make it back to the game. So uh, I'm assuming that the student section is going to be raucous and rowdy for Saturday. Oh, there's no question. I mean, it is sold out. Uh, I'm going to be at the Army Navy game which I committed to a while back and didn't know that the Rucker Seton Hall game was that, uh, that day. So I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have it on my phone and watching it at least, uh, like last year, the army Navy game was freezing this year. From what I understand, the rain's going to clear up and it's going to be like in the high fifties, which will be nice. And it's a really cool experience. If anybody's ever had an opportunity to go to army Navy game, it's cool. But, um, and you you had told your story too about actually dressing up with the cadets and all that stuff, which is pretty I cool. Did, yeah, with the midshipmen yeah. back when I was okay. Back when I was a senior in college. That's cool. Uh, one of my best buds was a midshipman. He was a wrestler on the team, and, and uh, I guess every year they pick a couple of people to to put on a, a uniform and actually march on the field with with the middies. And so I was chosen. Uh, my buddy got me the stuff. I rode on the bus over to uh, the old Giant Stadium. And right at the last minute, one of his best friends had forgotten his hat, which they call a cover. Mm-hmm. And I had one. And, of course, I had to give it up because I was not uh, uh, an officer. And these guys certainly were. So, But I did get to sit in the section. And Navy was like a 20-point underdog. They wound up winning on a field goal at the bus. Oh, wow. And all ran on the field. It was amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah, and I think Navy's uh, favored this year. Actually, Navy had a pretty good season. But anyway, I got. Yeah, so let me ask you yeah. this question: Are you going to follow the game on your phone, or why not just tape it and watch it when you get home? Don't well, look at anything. Don't listen to the radio because it it should be like a phenomenal game. You don't have the uh, you don't have the. Uh, I don't uh, have the. You, you just want to get a look at it. Yeah, I don't have the ability to. I, I just got to see the score. It's, I, you know, I know a lot of people do that where they DVR and they say, "Don't tell me anything, and I'll watch it later." Yeah, but but I got to go right. Dude. I got to go right back to work. So what I'll do is I'll just, I'll just, I, I Hulu, I have it on my phone. I'll just watch, uh, I'll I'll watch parts of it. And, um, and I, but it's going to be a great game. Uh, and I, I think with, uh, as we, uh, we said, as we discussed earlier with, uh, Dave Popkin, 
you know, the injury to uh, uh, Sandro is is big here and uh, it gives an opportunity. I think with Sandro, it, I think Seton Hall would be too much. Although, you know, Rutgers is trying starting to find themselves. They, you know, they've got, you know, Pikel's playing a lot. You know, he's got a, a deep rotation. You know, they still got to figure out the guard thing, too. I mean, they've got they've got three really good guards. I mean, Paul Mulcahy, he's starting to really, I mean, he played well last night. And uh, I thought against Michigan State, I started seeing what he can what he can do for Rutgers. And then uh, Jacob Young is just, a, I mean, a gifted athlete. This kid is quick. And then you got Caleb McConnell, who's right now is the starting point guard. So, I mean, that's a pretty big rotation right there, getting those three guys in. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it will be – they've got a lot of speed uh, defensively, a really good defensive night last night. And uh, I think they can make it really hard on uh, – on Seton Hall. I mean, Miles Johnson, you know I mean, he, the he, one guy that we haven't mentioned, he's my favorite player on the team, not just because of his tremendous throwback mutton chops, but Miles Johnson yeah. is a force inside. And with, with Sandro out of the way, he's going to be able to do some work down there. The, the, the problem is he's going to be facing two guys that are seven foot. Yeah, he's got, see, Seton Hall's got some size. That's the thing. Foul trouble. I mean, it seems that he starts the game with two fouls. He's on the bench soon after the game starts. But that kid is really skilled, and and I think he's at this point now. I think he might even be Rutgers' second best player. Yeah, the problem is he gets in foul trouble, and again got in foul trouble last night. So he just uh, he does a lot of reach in stuff, and he gets himself in trouble early. It seems like you know, is it, you know, you know, two three minutes in the game, he has two fouls, and they're pulling him. I mean, we have to see a little bit more from Shaq Carter. I mean, he had a promising season last year. Not sure about his uh, progress, but, uh, you know, so, you know, Shaq Carter comes in, uh, Docor comes in too. He's, you know, he's been pretty good defensively, but uh, Docor has not shown the ability to score. Uh, so, so it, it's Miles Johnson or bust really for the big men. But when he's in there, he can score, man. He's got some low post moves and he's a guy who can uh, rebound too. And uh, so he, he's definitely a force, but you know, Seton Hall does have size too, uh, John. That Obiago is a oh my big gosh, guy. Two seven footers. Yeah. You got to get around these guys too. So, um, so they still, you know, they've got that covered from the defensive standpoint. Uh, so it, it should be a, a very, interesting game and uh you know my uh, you know miles powell will do his thing and he seems to raise his game i remember last time at the rack he pretty much blew the place up and uh and he certainly had a good game last year at the rock so he's a force he's gonna get his points he just is he's gonna get his points he just can't get 40 he could drop 40 on Rutgers. he on could Saturday. yeah if, if he gets hot if he gets told us he hasn't had his best game yet he could he, he is so streaky and he's so good. Yep. And this being his last hardwood classic, he might want to go out with a bang. So, and I so would, I would be aware of him. And so what, what Seton Hall is hoping for here is to play their game and to have Rutgers kind of get out of their game. Because again, Pykele's still experimenting with a lot, John. He's still trying to figure out um, the, the right lineup. And so he's, he's, and he's thrown a lot of guys out there and it's great. The one thing is he can wear down teams too, and have fresh guys at the end. Cause his rotation goes like 10 deep. And, uh, and so, but sometimes it doesn't mesh. Sometimes it's, you know, guys are just uh, out of position and not, you know, offensively they get in trouble at times. 
where they, uh, you know, they, they, they hold the ball too long or they just uh, not enough ball movement and such. And they're kind of still all feeling themselves out. So it, it's still a work in progress very much for Rutgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got to start to figure things out soon enough because the season is here. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think when you're, when you're still trying to figure things out, it's kind of like if you have two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. Right. But he's trying to figure out who the hot hand is and he's just going to go with that guy. I think it's going to be different people from one game to the next. And so we'll see if they settle in on, on a rotation now. And, uh, and sort of stick with that and let those guys sort of mesh with each other. Yeah, but you're talking about Rutgers in December. And, you know, it was a definitely a disappointing loss at Pitt. I was at that game, and th- that was a game that they could have had. It was an opportunity for them. They just didn't play well. Now, you go to Sparty. You know, that's, that's a tough game. You know, you got just great players. Cassius Winston is, is, a, is a special player. That You're at their house. They're one of the best teams in the country. Izzo's one of the best coaches ever. Come on. And so that's a game that, and they still, they played hard, but that's a game that they're just, they're not ready to win yet. But to come back home against Wisconsin and win this game was very important. And they, uh, and they did what they had to do. And now it's, uh, it's Seton Hall, the, the Jersey hardwood classic. I mean, that's what this show was made for, right, John? I mean, we're covering the heck out of the hell out of this next week because, uh, uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, Jersey hardwood at its be- at its finest, right? Absolutely. The Hatfields and the McCoys. And it's, <laughs> it's for bragging rights in the Garden State. And as you said, we've got it covered from all sides here. And we certainly will next week with a with a nice solid recap. And uh, we hope you come back and join us for uh, for all the 411 we can hopefully provide. No question. So uh, we want to thank Dave Popkin for coming on with us and giving us some insight on Seton Hall. Again, this is our Jersey Hardwood podcast. It's on moresportsnow.com, so check out the podcast, but check out our site, too. It's moresportsnow.com. I'm Steve Titchener here with John McAlevey, and we'll catch you all next week on Jersey Hardwood. Bye-bye.